everyone. Welcome to another great episode of the Smooth Business Growth Podcast, where we share 15 minutes of fast-paced, pure marketing strategies proven to move the needle in your business. So I'm your host and Captain Lindsay Phillips. I'm the founder of Smooth Sailing Business Growth, where we help busy entrepreneurs attract and convert customers faster through powerful and consistent content marketing. In fact, if you go to smoothbusinessgrowth.com, you can download your social media roadmap to help you do just that. So folks, I mean, we've spoken to other business owners in the, you know, pay-per-click and Facebook ad space. But what caught my attention to today's guest, uh, Jacob Badsgard, is that we he grew his business, Disruptive Advertising, to over 120 employees and 18 million in revenue since 2012. Crazy, right? And if that wasn't impressive enough, Jacob is a regular contributor on sites like Forbes and Entrepreneur and Unbounce and Kissmetrics. So I'm super stoked to tap into his experience on growing a team to spur business growth and make more of an impact. So let's set sail. Welcome aboard, Jacob. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So I love your story of starting your business in a basement, which I'm sure many um, can relate to. For me, it was my living room or kitchen, (laughs) Um, (laughs) to an income 500 company, which is impressive. And I mean, there's so many hurdles and plateaus in a business. What was the biggest one for you? I think... So many challenges, right? I think um, the biggest one to unlocking growth potential for the business was uh, learning how to move past founder-based selling, I think is really was the key uh, to being able to take things to the next level. And what do you mean by founder-based selling? So I've always enjoyed marketing and sales and I'm good at it. And so um, really my business was me and how much could I amplify myself yeah. In terms of the amount of accounts I could sell and service and fulfill and, and do all of those things. But at some point, you, there's just no more time in the day. Totally. And uh, it's surprising how much you can fit in one day, but you still run into that <laughs> limit. And the things that I found I could offload um, and strategically assign to other people were more operational. Yeah. Uh, fulfilling, uh, communications, some uh, more of the technical components. Uh, where I found that it was the trickiest was actually replacing myself from a sales standpoint, yeah. right? Because, you know, I've got a good close rate. I know how to understand. Um, well, it's what, your baby. You understand yeah. it all, right? From start to finish. Exactly. And so making that transition was was tricky and uh, but but needed. Yeah. So what were the first steps that you took to kind of spur that change or get that going? So I took a couple of uh, missteps to begin with. Uh, doesn't. <laughs> I, I, think, I, I think I was, anytime I look for a silver bullet, uh, I, I would like to believe that I've learned my lesson. I don't know that I have yet, but anytime <laughs> I think that it's the silver bullet solution, it's like I'm setting myself up for failure. Yeah. Right? And so my first couple of attempts at it were to just hire seasoned, experienced, and expensive uh, mm. salespeople to come in and just, hey, you just take care of this. You yep. say you're good at this, now you just do it. And, and I didn't set myself or them up for success. Right. Um, because I, I didn't take the time to make sure they understood how we did it, to help them be successful, just kind of had high expectations and ambiguous directions on how to go about doing it. Um, tried that a couple of times, didn't work out. Uh, and then 
really the, the key was, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to invest long-term and it's kind of scary yeah. you put all this time into developing someone and then it doesn't work out. Man, that's, that's a little scary, but hired two people and uh, one of them was still in college. Oh, one wow. of them was a, a little bit more experienced. And uh, I just closed like their first 20 deals for them, right? And I gave them a full commission on it. And we just did everything together. And they listened to how I did it. Right. And then they started to do it themselves. And then they looped me when they got stuck. And, and then over time, it took over a year, right? But then I had people that were actually just as good, if not even sometimes better at selling it than I was. <laughs> um, and, and especially according to my team, because sometimes when a customer signs up with a founder, they just have an expectation that's a little harder to meet than yeah, yeah. Uh, more realistic expectations that they might derive from us, you know, from someone on the sales team. And uh, so it was good all around and it just took a lot of time and effort. And you know, that, that uh, inexperienced uh, kid out of college is now my head of sales and leading a team of like 12 to 13 people now. Sweet. So it's great. I I think part of it is like giving up that control and, and realizing that someone else can do it just the same as you or even better. I think as a, you know, as a business owner, you just sort of feel like no one else can do it except for you. <laughs> yeah. It's easy to feel that way. And the reality is typically we can do it a little bit better. Yeah. Um, sometimes that's not the case, but it's, you know, what do you want? If I say I yes know. to all the selling, but I'm saying no to growing the business. And yeah. so it's understanding that dynamic. That's totally true. Now with social media in the selling mix these days, because, you know, before it was just the phone, the fax machine and like, you know, walking door to door kind of a thing. Um, does that make it more challenging or easier? Do you think? To what? Selling like and growing oh. a sales team that kind of does all that stuff for you. I would say much more effective. Awesome. And, uh, and we leverage LinkedIn, uh, yeah. different social media platforms. Uh, basic in any sales environment it would be retargeting on social media. So yeah. after they come and visit the website or have a conversation with you, um, they think they might be done talking to you, but you know, we're not leaving them alone for a little while as we yeah. follow them around and continue to feed them our message. I think social media is a great way to attract uh, and, and build awareness and bring in net new customers. I think it is a fantastic tool to nurture existing prospects and or even existing customers. Um, in a way that is very cost effective and that amplifies the original marketing channel that brought them in in the first place. Totally. I think too, like for me and other owners, it's like they sort of feel like for other people to be in their social media or represent them, you know, in social media, answering questions and all that stuff. I think they feel somewhat nervous on that. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's kind of a double edged sword. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, sometimes you put yourself out there and, and it can kind of come back to bite you. And, uh, but, but generally speaking, I've not found that to be the yeah, case. You I'm know, sorry. I just, just go for it. And, you know, sometimes you get questions or feedback or comments or whatever. And, you know, but it's just real. I mean, no yeah. one, no one believes the thousand five out of five stars reviews anyway. <laughs> uh, people just want to know you're real and yeah. that, that most people are having a great experience and, that you're a good solution. And, and, you know, I think it's just okay that sometimes it's not all perfect. Totally. And I think people are realistic that, you know, as a business owner, you can't be everywhere at once all the time. So you have a team that support you. Yep, absolutely. Now, I love your um, approach on, you know, 
you're, you view employees as leaders and, and team members. I mean, some people think employees as just contractors. And I think that's a different mindset. Do you know what I mean? On like having a vendor, so to speak, versus, you know, a leader and a team member that helps you grow your business. Um, was it always like that for you at the beginning or has that sort of changed as you moved along? You know, I, I, I think it has always been that way to a degree. I think that's a little bit more my nature. Yeah. Um, that being said, I don't know that it's the best or the only way, right? Like I think it's okay to have businesses that are more transactional, some that invest a lot more in relationships. As long as, as long as we're just true to ourselves and own it and not say we're one thing and, but then we're really something different. I think as long as it's owned, it's okay. And, you know, ultimately the reason why I started my own business, uh, was I was tired of the artificial ceilings that were put on me and, yeah. and you know, the, the, the race to mediocrity of, well, it doesn't really benefit me to, to bring my 10 out of 10, a performance every day. And so you kind of find yourself starting to become, you know, someone that I didn't want to be. And so when I started the organization, it was just very important to me that that environment existed Nice for everyone else mm -hmm. is that what I feel comfortable if I was at that point in my career in their position, is this something I could feel excited about? And right. yeah, everyone values different things, but trying to stay true to what got me to start, start the company in the first place. And really we kind of attract people that feel that way. Awesome. Uh, we've painstakingly put a lot of time and effort into comp and growth plans that people yep. have a lot of control over and it, we kind of lay it out there for them and then they can, be as aggressive as they want and getting after it or, you know, take it a little easier. That's really up to them as long as they're meeting expectations. So do you have uh, like policies and procedures and stuff in place that empower your team members versus, you know, micromanaging, so to speak? Yeah. I mean, our, our HR policy uh, for the, our stated policy is the adult policy. Act like an adult. We'll treat you like an adult. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. Here's, how, here's how your comp plan works these are our core values we yep. expect you to do these things and as long as you are you have uh, the autonomy to do it the way that you feel like is best and you have the flexibility you don't need to ask permission to go to a doctor's appointment like just let someone know yeah. right? um, you need to work from home for, for a day or it's like look just act like an adult and perform and we'll, and we'll treat you like one yeah. and let's keep it that way and I've actually gotten a lot of pressure uh, from uh, peers in the, in the entrepreneurial world that that doesn't scale. And I'm like, I don't, Interesting. You know, we're going to run into, I'm sure we'll run into some challenges from time to two, yeah. uh, time to time. And I'm just okay with that. I think that's just a part of you give people autonomy and some, some do take advantage of it and we'll address that when it happens. And it sounds like you're giving your team members that space to grow. Um, I know that, you know, you're a believer in turning employees into leaders, that you're giving them an earning potential of six figures. I mean, not many people do that. Um, can you kind of speak about that a little bit? Absolutely. And my perspective on that has changed a little bit. Uh, the, the first aspect is what I already mentioned around comp plans and how people grow and bonus and increase mm -hmm. their salary and position. And, and that's how they financially work. Towards right. that. Uh, one of the things that, that I do a little bit differently is I've actually put together an optional personal and leadership development course. Oh, okay. I teach at 7am on Monday mornings. It's optional. It's actually 500 bucks to enroll for employees. 
Oh, wow. And it's a, it's a 10 week course. You have to give a 30 day notice to, to be able to miss a class. You can't just, you can't miss an assignment. You can't be late. You can't flake. Otherwise you lose your $500. Um, And then you get kicked out of the class. But for those that complete the class and graduate, they actually get their 500 bucks back plus a $500 bonus. And in that process, it's actually less work specific skills and it's more how to um, build meaningful habits uh, in our lives, how to change the world by changing ourselves and how to have a vision of an understanding of where we're at and where we're going uh, so that people just have a better understanding of who they are and how to be successful in life. And it's, it's, it's the favorite thing I do um, at Disruptive is, is teaching that course and seeing how it improves and changes my life and, and uh, how that happens for other people as well. I love that. So do you find that um, giving your employees opportunities for growth, not only um, within the actual industry and the role, but with those kinds of things that it's, it, it creates more growth for your own business. It, it kind of extends that just the, you know, helping the employee. Yeah, hundred percent. It's um, a, it's the, I, I just, to me, it feels like the right thing to do. And so I need yeah. to be, I need to be true to myself and do what feels right. The other thing is the benefits uh, totally and profusely bleed into the business, right? Because yeah. now I've got leaders that have good daily habits and come yeah. in more emotionally capable of handling the challenges of the day. And um, so it's like all sorts of benefits personally and professionally. And um, yeah, I'm glad that that occurs at the business level. I actually think I'd do it even if it didn't spill over into the business I level. love it. Yeah. And it, I think it just, it, it also creates that team atmosphere where people love, you know, working where they're at. I mean, that's, that hu- that's huge. If you like, you know, the drudgery of going to work every day, then it's, you're not going to get that kind of productivity and results. Yeah. You now what for other entrepreneurs that are listening and that have some team members, I mean, I know for myself, I, we've got, I think 15 of us now. Um, and I don't know if you're, I should have asked this before, actually, are your employees remote or are they also like in-house in an office? Like, are they physically with you or are they kind of everywhere? We have uh, just a couple of remote employees. Oh, okay. Uh, every, everyone is here physically. And, and I am a believer, of, I'd rather work with the right people in the wrong location, but I do prefer to have us together as much as yeah. possible. I think the Fair culture enough. is a little... Um, easier to manage and maintain yeah. when we're together. And it's possible to do it, at, you know, with the right people remotely at works as well. So we're open to that, but it's not. Yeah. It. Everyone's a little bit different. So what tips would you give entrepreneurs out there to help grow a team to spur that business growth and make more of an impact? Yeah, there's basically two ways to, to scale. One of them is to hire uh, experienced people that can come mm-hmm. in and make a more immediate impact, which is, generally going to be quite a bit more expensive yeah. or to develop and nurture the talent. <clears throat> and what I've found is that sustainable growth requires both. And the companies, you know, where we've found a lot of our growth and scale is in the development of, of getting less experienced people up mm-hmm. to performing at a fantastic level and really reducing the amount of time that it takes to get them there. Yeah, because it's the only way to predictably scale. Because there's only so many people with the right skill set on the market at any given time, That's and true. so it's a little less predictable. So when we kind of can take those as they come and are available, mm-hmm. um, and then have a consistent flow of of, uh, 
a career path that allows people to develop into those roles. I really think that there's value and benefit to doing both, which is why I actually love uh, just, te- I teach like the marketing classes at local universities once a semester. Awesome. And it just kind of keeps those pipelines and relationships That's active. That's true. And it's fun, you know, and it, it creates good, good opportunities. I love that. Um, yeah, and it's funny how there's that, like you said, the balance between, you know, hiring people that are already experts in that and you're paying a little bit more versus kind of nurturing. I have the exact same things. There's uh, a couple of roles that I'm like, okay, they need that specific talent or whatever it is. Yeah. But then, like, nurturing and creating those relationships and teaching them new things and kind of growing with you. Yes, it takes time. And sometimes I don't always have it, but it does pay off. That's for sure. Yeah, I agree. And both are, both are fun. I think if relying on too much of one or the other comes Mm -hmm. with its challenges. And I think doing both is what allows for some consistency. I love that. That's a great takeaway, especially for people growing teams. Sometimes people don't even know where to start, right? Or like how to hire, how to grow their team, what they should do, and just how to be con- cohesive and together to, to, you know, spur the business along. Yeah. Awesome. Now, um, of course, with disrupting advertising, um, can you kind of share what your team does and how you can help entrepreneurs? Yeah, simplistically, Businesses uh, typically lack the bandwidth or the expertise, or sometimes both, to, to grow their business leveraging Google and Facebook properly. Yeah. And, and so that's where we come in. Uh, we're more cost effective than trying to scale that team internally. Um, we're, we're specialists, so we're very good at what we do. So it becomes a more cost effective way to amplify uh, the marketing team's abilities and effectiveness. And that's what people come to us for. We have a a team and a software that we can go in and help people just get dramatically more results out of the same amount of budget Mm -hmm. when we first start and then help them grow and scale from there. Awesome. And how can people find you and connect with you? Yeah. Simplest ways. I would love to personally connect. Uh, So either on Twitter at Jake Badsgard or on LinkedIn, there's four A's in Badsgard. I promise you'll find me. It's easy. (laughs) And, uh, And then, yeah, if you're interested, we actually do have a software where we provide a free audit and consultation on any campaigns that you're currently running on Google, Facebook, or Instagram. And our team would be glad to do that for free, give you a beautiful deliverable and some recommendations, even if we're not the right fit. Um, 80 to 85% of the businesses that reach out to us, we say, hey, we're not a good fit. Here's what you really need to be doing. And we can can point you in the right direction. And if we are a good fit, uh, we'll definitely tell you that too. That sounds awesome. Well, uh, congratulations on your success. And um, I know you'll kick some more entrepreneurial butt down the road. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Awesome. So this week's 50-minute cruise to move the needle in your business has come to an end. So thanks a lot, Jacob. You've given us some really great insight on growing a team, different ways to look at it um, so that we you know, can grow just like you have. So if you are looking to achieve faster growth through content marketing and sales funnels, look no further than smoothbusinessgrowth.com. Have a profitable and productive week, folks, and may the wins always be at your back. 